Hey, Sebastian, the Metal Gods Meltdown, and this evening I'm joined by Sal Abruscado from a pale horse named Death. Congratulations on the new album, Infernium in Terra. It's highly addictive and f- full of doom infused metal. How pleased are you with this work of art? Um, I'm really stoked about it. Uh, probably one of the better of the records I've, I've done in years. And uh, I'm, I'm so far so good uh, as far as um, responses from journalists and, and, and radio DJs seem to be digging it. And I'm also really pleased with the end results with the production as well. And um, so far so good. I just, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm just going with the flow. <clears throat> it's brilliant. Um, I remember the debut really well and it was like one of my favorites that year. How much of a progression would you say that is from the debut? Obviously, you've had an album in the middle, but how much of a progression would you say is from the debut? Well, the debut was ten years ago, and oh, no, um, it's crazy. when I when I well, actually, it was over ten years ago. It was released ten years ago, but I had done it eleven years ago. Um, I think I think this record actually retains a lot of the core dirty rawness of the first album. Um, and uh, back then, when I did the first two albums, I had my, you know, I had my my colleague and partner Matt Brown that was involved, who's no longer involved anymore. So that's probably one of the differences. Um, and uh, as far as progression, like anything, I guess, I guess with you know getting older and slower and wiser. I seem to approach songs at a more uh, laid back pace to let things come to fruition. And I, I don't believe in rushing anything. And, um, you know, again, you know, experience really uh, is the, the key here as well. Um, experience in writing and putting songs together and arranging songs. So I, I'm really pleased with the progression. I think it's a natural progression, but it still retains the core elements of, of what APHD has always been. At the end of the day, I've written every song and I just about play every instrument on every record. So the, it always is going to have this consistent sound, regardless of, you know, lineup changes and things like that, which um, I feel is very advantageous for my situation to not let the fans or myself down with having any dramatic changes or drastic changes to the way things are done or the sound of everything. So it's a good progression, I would say. Brilliant. Why the title Infernum in Terra? Uh, Well, you know, translated to English from Latin, it means hell on earth. And again, we were approaching, uh, when I started writing the record during the start of the pandemic, I was, we were approaching the 10 year anniversary of the first album, which was titled And Hell Will Follow Me. So I kind of was feeling like um, I wanted to continue that, that idea and have the word hell involved in some form or another. At the same time, uh, you know, once, especially here in New York, I mean, I'm not in the city as well, I'm also in the country, but New York State did get hit hard with the pandemic. And watching around the world um, what was going on at, on the onset of the pandemic, <clears throat> you know, people, elderly people uh, passing away, people getting shut down from their careers and jobs, kids being forced to stay home from school. 
it almost seemed like everyone globally was going through some form or another of hell on earth. And I felt, well, you know, to call the record hell on earth is a little bit too typical, boring, predictable, and not really intelli- as intelligent sounding. And so I, I translated, I said, well, let's see what it, what it what, you know, Latin is a very biblical language uh, aside from Aramaic. So uh, let's see what it translates in Latin. And so infernum, in terra, you know, uh, infernum mean, meaning hell and terra meaning earth, uh, just really struck me. I was like, that's an incredible title. And I was almost like into the idea of changing it up a little bit because the last three records were had very long, uh, kind of long titles that kind of resembled each other as far as syllables and syntax and, and, and the amount of words. Um, and it just it just rang a bell. And I said, this is it. This is kind of like a little bit of a change, a little bit of a fresh change. And at the same time, we were involved. I got involved with another a new artist to do the artwork. So it just seemed all appropriate. And that title then influenced and inspired the artist to come up with some type of biblical theme artwork as well. And it's just out of the, it's not ordinary out of the cereal box type of title. Um, and it just seemed very interesting and would provoke a lot of curiosity. I felt from listeners or anyone that didn't even know the band. And that's yeah, kind, of a, kind of a nutshell what I was absolutely. going for. I love the um, album artwork. I'm a big fan of, uh, I was brought into metal in the 80s, big fan of like the albums, you know, um, vinyl and that. And obviously you will be releasing that on vinyl, but the artwork is absolutely stunning. Do you plan to have that sort of framed and around your home? Can you say that again, the last bit? Did, did you ha- have you had plans to have that framed around your home, the artwork from the new album? Oh, maybe I will. I did order a couple of, I did order a couple of vinyls. I mean, we're big, vi- my wife is a big vinyl collector and um, we have every album on vinyl and every special edition. So I actually am a, a, a I, I think the cover came out stunning between the colors and the theme. And the beautiful thing is, is the vinyl version is a double gatefold vinyl. So when you open up, you'll open up the vinyl and in the inside, there's this huge piece of artwork that hasn't been released yet or nobody's seen yet, uh, which is incredible. And then if you happen to get the digipack, the booklet has just all these, all these various like, uh, kind of like 16th century, 15th century wood type engraving tapestries uh demonic past tapestries inside the booklet uh and like you you know i grew up i was a teenager in the 80s and i was big on getting vinyl and and the artwork that was my favorite thing about a new record was getting the vinyl looking at the artwork up close reading the lyrics looking at all the information where the record was done and who was involved and that's what's missing out of these you know downloads these days with whether it's Spotify or iTunes or whatever it is. So I'm, I've always been a big believer on every record to have it very involved with the artwork and, and be able to open and look through stuff and spend some time with it while you're listening to it. Um, and yeah, I, I should look into uh, having the artwork framed and put up somewhere in the house. Uh, probably have to be private because I have kids and it's a pretty demonic cover. Uh, <laughs> but... <laughs> Yeah, 
<laughs> put it in my yeah. studio, you know, <laughs> or my bedroom. That'd be cool. That'd be absolutely cool. I simply love um, "Cast Out from the Sky," which would you say is your favorite track today? I know they're all your babies, but which would you say is your favorite? Ah, uh, again, that's always a tough question from record to record. Uh, "Reflections of the Dead" is one of my favorites, which is premiering tomorrow. The video is coming out tomorrow and premiering on Metal Injection. Uh, "Cast Out from the Sky" is uh, you know pretty pretty biblically themed song. Um, it's a it's a great song. I love it. And that song is about the fall of uh, basically Lucifer uh, when he was kicked out of heaven and thrown down to earth to rule earth. And uh, I, 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 I really, you know, for me, this record, every song is pretty much a gem. And I put a lot of thought into, not thought, but just a lot of charisma and uh, and and a lot of my influences as far as i didn't want like on previous records you'd have almost a whole record about manic depression suicide all this nonsense um this record has a little bit more of a demonic topic uh which is 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 involved in this record where you know you have songs like cast out from the sky that's about you know the fall of lucifer then there's a song called lucifer's son which is about humanity and all the messed up stuff we're doing right now. And, and eventually our punishment will be burning in, in the sun of, in the sky, you know, which would be Lucifer's sun. Um, you, you know, I didn't want to have every song about woe is me. I'm, I'm feeling suicidal today. The black clouds are out, you know, although there is plenty of that. I didn't want every song to be uh, just about that. And it was, wasn't really intentional. It just came out naturally, but I was going with it because I was like, you know what? It's okay. Uh, we don't need to have... Um, and I did lean on this record being a little bit more into the dark arts and the dark side, even further with this record. Um, so, yeah. I, this, I, my, my favorite... One of my favorite uh, tracks is actually the opening tracks, like all the soundscapes I created, where, you know, the, the opening track, Infernum, literally, you know, kind of you hear the volume come up with like the crackling of a fire and the wind and, and it just sounds like some crazy ritual you know where the tribal drums come in and 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 you have this catholic mass going on that's in reverse um you have this you know the witch the dogs barking um to me that's i love theatrical cinematic moments like that that's a big part of every i try to make that a big part of every record now uh so honestly it's hard for me to just say one song but uh, yeah reflections of the dead i do uh there's a song on there called two-headed snake that's mm -hmm. about my experience of, of being under anesthesia when when i got my first colonoscopy and uh <laughs> i uh i uh i that that the drug that they gave me was propofol and it was so amazing that when i woke up i felt like i slept for days <laughs> and I was only 20 minutes. And then I find out that that was the actual drug that Michael Jackson was addicted to, that his doctor was administering every night. And that's what he wow. that's what he actually died from. He, he overdosed a little too much on it. And I can yeah. see why he was hooked on it, because it was just like if you're someone that has problems with sleeping or insomnia, mm -hmm. uh, you are very well rested when you have propofol anesthetic administered uh, into your system so i uh again i touched on 
kind of like out of the realm subjects, you know, and uh, I consider it a blessing and, and fortunate that, you know, I have a label that would wanted to put out another record. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, time time is always going going by and we have so many new bands, so many new things going on, so much competition. Uh, so I'm just happy to release another record for people that are interested in hearing what I'm up to in my later years, you know, so that, that's where I'm at. Brilliant. So on release day, are you going to be doing anything special? I mean, are you into all these internet feeds and that, or are you like hoping to get out on tour or a gig or something? Uh, there's no touring anything lined up at the moment i thought for a hot second i was considering uh that maybe there was going to be a couple of weeks in europe in february but due to the situation of this ongoing variance and very very complicated uh situation even to get over to europe mm-hmm. uh, i don't i don't have anything planned you know it, it, it's it's i i'm all for i may do some stuff on online and on the phone uh, mm-hmm. but, but I'll be honest with you, things are, things are changed, you know, things are not, don't seem like they're going to be like the good old days anymore. And I see one minute bands announcing tours then the next minute they're canceling. Everyone's so yeah. desperately trying to squeeze something in the end of 2021 into 2022. The other issue is, is, is and I've spoke to my various agents. The problem is, is that there's a massive waiting list now That's because of COVID. Um, all the bands that were canceled in 2020 for the festival season and 2021 are all in line next for 2022. There is no available slots. It, the competition is fierce trying to get even like to make a, a routing happen from gig to gig. To, it's very difficult because the availabilities are not there. And then you find yourself stretching yourself out too thin. The other complication is now uh, this, from what I understand, what I was told, the situation in Europe with Brexit, where it, <laughs> it, it could be a very complicated situation where if, if you are touring UK and mainland, it's like you have to get a separate batch of gear for UK. Then you have to leave that off. And then when you get to mainland, like you can't be going back and forth with equipment. No. Like, <laughs> normally I'm used to like, you know, I'll, I'll land in the UK and get all my 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 hire all my stuff transport all the equipment in uk and then we tour some shows in uk and then we bounce over to the mainland tour europe and then make our way back uh to the uk to either return the gear or fly out and now this is all complicated which means more expenses which means the price and cost of touring has skyrocketed even more and you know what it is? I can I can see a bunch of like twenty year olds that have no expenses and nothing to lose trying to pull it off. But at at the level that I'm at, and at the level that I have, like like the musicians that like work with me, they all want to make money. They all want to get paid, right? Yeah. And I'd like to get paid uh, something too for my time. I, I mean, at the end of the day, I have a family. I have a I have a home. I have I have things that i'm like a regular person too where i need to pay bills so um and i i work you know i've been working for the last couple of years you know actually because um you you know it's just you have to do what you got to do and the kids are come first and so that's really then when you look at the united states you know our 
like fuel prices have, you know, also shot up considerably, which affects any kind of profit margin for touring in the States. And at the same time, we've got this situation where we've got people here in the United States that, that are just like, fuck this, I'm going to go play a show. Then, like, you know, you got people coming out of that show coming out with COVID, you know? Mm-hmm. And, 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 like, my, the bassist that I'm working with, he's in a few other bands. Like, a month ago, he did a, a local little show in, in Long Island, New York, in a small venue. And he told me, he said, Sal, the venue, it was small, it was hot, it was sweaty, it was humid. There was really not that great of ventilation. Now, he was vaccinated. Uh, his wife was vaccinated, but four of the guys in the band were not vaccinated. They played on a Saturday. By Tuesday, the four guys that were not vaccinated were COVID positive and sick. Now, yeah. I'm vaccinated. My wife's vaccinated, but I'm not really interested in becoming asymptomatic or passing it on to my kids. Um, you know, my kids are too young to get, get have any kind of vaccination. I have a disabled daughter that cannot receive this vaccination because she has a compromised immune system uh, with uh, corneal transplants that would reject. So I got to be smart. And so, like, I've been telling everybody, uh, I think, like, the best thing I can offer the world and be safe and be smart and keep a roof over my kids' heads is is I can just, like, make records because, you know, I have the studios in my house upstairs over the garage and I can do um, I can continue to like nothing can stop me from writing and making music and that's like probably the best thing I can do for everybody right now and I'm actually thinking in my head well maybe in the in the deep winter maybe we'll consider in February or um, around that time when everyone's got you know stuck in the house uh, consider working on another record so I, I, you know, I don't have, uh, maybe, maybe I might do something in the States in 2022 summer. Um, uh-huh. but it's all, it's all touch and go right now. It really is because we're hearing different news, different information every day about, um, you know, this, this pandemic. So I can't yeah. give a real answer to anybody about, hey, you got a tour. No, I'm suddenly be blowing smoke out of my butt. Basically, yeah. You know, I, know. I mean, uh, it's it's like I see these bands that everyone's so hopped up on getting online and saying, we got a tour coming out. We got a tour. We got we got this. We got that. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're living a dream right now because in one second that could be crushed. And and look, and if you look at, um, if you look at these bands that had had tours announced. Um, like Limp Bizkit, Wednesday 13, um, and various other artists, they, 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 they announce these tours and then they cancel. And that goes from big bands to small bands. So we don't, it's, it would be, I'd be lying if I said I'm doing stuff. You know, I just don't, then that's why I have an, an agents too. They all say the same thing. You've got a long waiting list. Be lucky if you can make it to Europe late 2022 or 2023. So I'm just, doing what I got to do and keeping safe. And I think the best thing to do is, is, you know, do everything I can for this album as far as interviews, press, got an incredible video coming out and maybe I'm already toying around with some ideas. I've already tracked one rough, one rough idea. Um, I might start toying with putting out uh, the the sequel to this record, you know? Excellent. 
that'd be cool um so have you sort of thought like doing i know like a sequel but like yeah obviously a concept then like like it becoming a whole concept album a whole a whole journey is that sort of idea you're thinking about um are you asking me if i'm if if the next record would be a concept record to tie into this yes to follow on from this one Eh, who knows you know i i always you know bounce around with you know everything sounds conceptual but it's not really a direct concept to anything particular um but i would definitely probably retain the same artist and maybe retain retain the same look that's going on and Mm -hmm. probably would be uh, you know uh you know, probably another devilish record, you know, <laughs> along those lines. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, that's what I can, I consider that the ultimate gift is that as long as I'm, I have the time and I'm healthy and, and I can make music, to me, that's the greatest gift I can give the world because that'll always live on long after me if people want to check it out. So, um, yeah. Brilliant. That's funny you should say shows, that. But, you know. That's funny you should say that because <laughs> I was going to ask you, what would you like to be remembered for in years to come? And just everything I did, you know, every every band that I had a, an involvement with, you know, from Typo, I guess, you know, Life of Agony, and then you know, a Pale Horse Named Death. You know, I mean, it's they're all different bands for all three bands. Uh, it seems like, but uh, again, you know. Uh, for example, I couldn't believe it the other day. Uh, Bloody Kisses just turned like what thirty years old or something. It's ridiculous. Uh, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and, and I just I I forget like that these records are becoming that old, and I'm and I, and and it just blows my mind how like the younger generations or younger musicians look to those records, kind of like how we looked at Led Zeppelin, you know, Led Zeppelin one or two, you know, and. Uh, uh, it just makes me feel pretty proud that I was even fortunate to be involved in such great stuff and great work. But it also makes me feel really old and it reminds me that, you know, time, time is going by. And mm-hmm. that's why I just consider it like, hey, if I can pull off another record, great, I will. You know, um, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of a bit of, um, you know, uh, always discipline and time which is very thin because i'm involved in so many different things as well as playing my part as a father and husband and family man so um you know but i i already am i've got things floating in my head i i'm i'm not done yet you know i I, like i said the beautiful part is i have a studio in my house i mean i just always require like you know uh, the only thing I don't do is guitar solos, like the ripping solos is not what I do, but everything else I do. So I can literally, I'm just about a one man band when it comes to making the records. And, and I'm glad it's like that because that doesn't, because the pandemic, if you had to get together with a bunch of guys and, and record, it wouldn't be happening when we were shut down. And I did this record during the shutdown. Um, mm-hmm. And it just gave me the, the, I was able to do what I had to do. And keep doing it. Great. Well, I want to go back to your time in Type of Negative. It is absolutely crazy how long ago these albums were released, but it must hold so many fond memories for you. Can you tell me a favorite moment just to clutch out of the sky? A uh, favorite moment from back then? Yeah. Uh, it was probably, um, you know, the actual execution and recording of the albums. 
I learned a lot by working with those guys. Um, there was, you know, some other fun moments where, you know, we used to go out every Friday night into the city and get totally drunk. And one time in Alphabet City, there was like these apartment buildings, like these projects on, I think it was, I think it was Avenue A and in the Lower East Side. And there was this huge mountain of like garbage bags that the, I guess it was garbage night outside these apartments. And, and, and we were really drunk. So me, Kenny, me and Kenny Hickey, we, we dove into the garbage, like into the middle of the pile of garbage. Cause we were just so wasted and we didn't know what the hell we were doing, let alone, but later on though, we were like, what's that smell? Oh, it's us. Cause we dove in garbage. Um, you know, stuff like that. You know, so we, we acted like a bunch of big kids back then. Um, a lot of, a lot of laughs, uh, a lot of, you know, there was a time when we were doing bloody kisses and, and, and we were i think it was on the song can't lose you and and we were making fun of our um we did like a beatles thing background thing that was using um my um at that time the anr uh label representative his name was monty connor so we were we were uh you know just like we brought his name into monty connor sucks cock everything is you know <laughs> we were like chanting in this song you can hear it in the end of can't lose you um just we were like kids back then and uh <laughs> it was good times but again a long time ago i can't even like explain the countless amount of huge bags of weed that me and josh smoked <laughs> and uh we 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 had no idea um that things were gonna like that record was gonna be come what it became i don't think peter realized it either and, and uh you know um it's pretty amazing that to be part of something that has become so influential in the metal world. And, and, uh, it's just a proud moment, you know, it's just a really proud moment when I, and I didn't even know, like, I don't even remember these dates. And then I saw the other day, well, it's 30 years since, uh, you know, in, in, in when bloody kisses were released. And I was like, really? Oh shit. You know? Wow. 30 years. Wow. 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 Oh yeah, that's right. I was literally like 23 when I made that record. Yes. <laughs> now I remember. It's a long time ago. So um, there was definitely a lot of good times. There was a lot of good times. Like when we did our first tour in the States with Biohazard and Exploited, you know, every day Peter was threatening to go home and I would just like tease him constantly, which was not nice of me uh, now that I look back. But I was kind of teasing him on how uh, he, you know, because that tour was like going to boot camp. You know, it was it was really a tough you know, touring for bands is just tough, especially when you don't have the money or the notoriety. And we were in this van and we were just, we were roughing it really bad. And um, yeah, we would just constantly kind of make it fun of Peter because he was just like literally crying every day how he wanted to go home. And uh, this big guy, six foot six, you know, just didn't have the, the uh, dexterity or or stamina to withstand being you know being away from home, and eventually he learned to cope with all that, obviously. But uh, it was rough in the beginning, and uh, definitely kind of funny back then. We thought it was funny then, and then later on we didn't realize how much it really bothered him. So. <laughs> Can imagine, yeah, man. Okay. Can you tell me then, go back to the album, why we should check out Infernum in Terra? Uh, well, if you're into like this, this menage of 
doom and metal with a with catchy vocals and and melodies sweet melodies on top if you're into that whole vein uh definitely check it out for that reason because you know they are real songs i think uh i think everyone should check out their favorite artists every time they release an album because in this day and age you just never know when it's the last record that's going to come out um due to you know people pass away people disappear you know so i i think i think people that are have been aph and d fans for the last 10 years will find uh definite enjoyment in hearing just reminders of from the debut record the the, the just the style and Definitely, you know, uh, this is definitely not a project or band that which that strays away from its core elements like some bands do when they release a second or third record. Um, they should definitely check it out if they're into some devilish doom. Uh, if you're into the dark side and, and you just want to know where my head's at these days, uh, it, it, every APHND fan should definitely check it out. And I hope to gain some new fans as well from it. Uh, hopefully, you know, people might be enticed by being curious and, uh, I would appreciate it. And, you know, definitely come see us on the social media stuff, you know, Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff. And, um, I look forward to hearing comments cause I'm actually the one that personally responds to people. I, 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 I pretty much run it all. So as much as possible, aside from the label. So, um, you know, when people write questions or write messages about something, I make it a point to always respond and answer their questions That's from the amazing. source. Yeah, That's well, good. I'm not a rock star. You know, I'm, I'm just happy <laughs> to, when anyone asks me any questions about my music or the music I've done, it's nothing but an honor for me because that person has taken time out to actually inquire and ask a question. I know some people will ask bands questions and they'll never, ever get a response, period. But I just don't feel right about that. I feel like the karma, you know, if what goes up goes down. And if, if, if karma, you know, if, you, if you're, you see all these questions or comments from your fans that love your music and buy your records and come, come to your shows, and if you disregard everything and not answer because you don't have time and you think you're hot stuff, well, I don't think that's very nice because these people actually, you know, some people go through a lot of stuff to make, to earn the money that they earn. A lot of people work really hard and live with meager salaries. And, and so when they take 20 bucks or, or 20 pounds or euros, they go and buy a, a record or something by you. Uh, you know, they're a customer. And there's yeah. something called customer service. And I know, I know it doesn't exist really anymore with a lot of things, but I think you really need to, I think when you respond to someone and you answer their questions, they'll never forget it, you know, like, and, I, and I'll see years later, someone make like reply to someone else's comment and, and be like, oh, he's, you know, he's a gentleman. He, he, he takes the time to talk to his fans at the merch booth, um, or he takes time to talk to his fans online, um, you know, these people, like fans and friends and, and everyone, they, they don't forget those things. So if you even just say thank you very much for, your, you know, liking the record, I really appreciate it. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for folks like you. They're, they're just going to remember that for a lifetime and be like, yo, this one cool musician from this band. He was so awesome. He wrote back to me. I never thought he would, but he did. And it was the best thing ever. 
they just remember those little things for an eternity and it speaks volumes on your character and your band, you know? And um, so I'm a big believer in trying to take a minute for every single person. Same at the shows. When I would do shows, I would always go to the merch booth and I would talk to, I would talk or shake hands with every last person that happens to be waiting there. And I will sign every little thing I could sign until the last person is done. And it's late um, because I don't, I could imagine, you know, the amount of disappointment if you waited at merch and you saw the person you want an autograph from, but they didn't have time. Like, oh, that's it. I'm done for the night. I'm walking away. You know, and then and then you're left with a broken heart, basically. And then you might even like not be be a fan anymore of the band or follow the band because of that reason or have a poor judgment of the, of the artist. So I I think everything, you know, the universe, every, what goes up comes down, what you throw out there bounces back in you. Um, even though I can be at times, Mr. I should practice sometimes what I preach too, uh, with depression and things like that, or be having rough yeah. days. But I, when I, what lights me up is when I see a fan that has a big smile and has really enjoyed this wacko music that I've done. And, uh, I will take the minute, or the five minutes to talk to them and sign and take pictures, whatever. Because the way it goes is it's here. You're here today. You're gone tomorrow. You never know. And, and I just, I'm just trying to put out some good vibes as much as possible in regards to my character, my composure with people and stuff like that. Brilliant. Um, I've, I've so enjoyed chatting to you. The interview has been awesome. Um, I I chat I chat I've interviewed shitloads of bands and as soon as you were talking about the album and that I was like right I'm, as soon as I finish this interview I'm going to be buying or ordering the the vinyl obviously I've been given the album to review if I ever get around to reviewing it because I'm so busy at the moment but I will be buying buying it because you know you're a gentleman and I can tell the passion and the love for what you do Thank and you. it makes sense to me and you know I I have I even I'm in the process of moving as well at the moment. But I have a wall like with like all the interviews and that that I've done with the bands that mean a lot to my, to me and yours with like Sebastian back who's my namesake <laughs> will be up there you know and um, Jay Jay French out of Twisted Sister it'll be up there I'll get it framed and stuff so yeah man thank you so thank much you. for that I am just gonna do do like a quick fire round for now and then we'll finish it off it's just uh, either or either five questions a bit daft okay. some are okay. So the first one is festival or small intimate gig? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I like both, but I guess I can't answer both. Um, I, the intimate gig is definitely uh, a separate, a diff, an animal all of its own because you can really be one-on-one -on -one with the fans. You can look at them while you're singing and you can actually have conversations with them and crack a few jokes, which I like to do. Um, so... Uh, I'll say intimate gig. Brilliant. Vinyl or digital? Vinyl. Saint or sinner? A sinner. Okay. Beer or whiskey? Uh, whiskey. A pale horse or, or a dark horse? Pale horse. Brilliant. Thank you so much for your time, man. Do you have any final words for your fans and our listeners? Uh, Thank you once again for all the years of support through all the projects I've been involved with and 
again, uh, please be safe. Everyone take care of each other. This, this world is falling apart as we know it. And, uh, without humanity loving each other, um, we're, we're doomed, you know, so I'll be there to make the doom music for your doomed demise, but please everyone be safe during these rough times and pandemic times. And hopefully down the road, I will see you all, uh, soon enough in the UK when everything settles down. (laughs) 